Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Winchester Radio tonight. Um, this is our very last podcast of 2012. Um, we've got one heck of a finish. And hold on, there's our guest. I was just about to say, we got to wait a minute. Hello. Is this Hello. Hi? Yes, it is. Nice to talk to you. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Um, we are live. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, I'll try not to make it too obvious that I'm eating Chinese food while we do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know? I mean, uh, <laughs> so how are you, ladies? Lunchtime, tonight? early dinner, we're, we're great. If you'd like to chew for a second, I can just very quickly get some podcast business out of the way for about 10 seconds. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, I'm like a squirrel. I keep it in my cheeks. You'll never know. <laughs> okay. Um, right. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Ty Olson uh, in just a couple minutes after he's done having Chinese food. Um, no, I'm uh, uh, Okay. Um, the episode we're going to talk about is Citizen Fang, but it's just the latest episode with Denny, not the first. So there's several others of uh, Winchester Radio. You can um, download us through iTunes. You can find us at blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard. Go to our site, winchesterbros.com. Click on the Winchester Radio uh, logo on the side. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Winchester Bros. Um, and we are not taking any uh, calls tonight. We're just going to chat to Ty a little bit and ask some questions. You're welcome to tweet questions to Winchester Bros uh, if you haven't already. And uh, thank you so much, Ty, for being on our podcast tonight. We're looking forward to talking to you. Is this your first podcast for Supernatural Podcast? Or? It is definitely my first Supernatural podcast. Yeah, I took part in a friend's podcast for a voice series that I did a few years ago, but um, I don't have a lot of experience with it, so I'm a newbie. Um, ours is pretty easy. <laughs> they just call in, call in from anywhere, anytime, and we just we just chat ask questions and talk. Um, there's three of us. I'm Susan. We have Becky and Vinny. We're in three different places. That's the nice thing about this. We can do that and all talk at once. You guys want to say hi? Hi. Hey, Ty. Hey, Ty. This is Becky. Hello. Hey, Becky. And I'm Vinny. Hi. Hey, Vinny. <clears throat> nice to chat with you. Chat with you. Okay. Um <laughs> Let's we'll start with questions. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if there's a little bit of a delay in the feed here, so uh, forgive me if it seems like I'm a little bit hesitant to answer. Might be a little bit of a delay in our in our phone call. So. Okay. Um, well, how did you get the part of Benny? Uh, I did it the traditional way. I went in, um, got an audition set up by my by my agent, and they sent me the material. It was uh, actually a a really, really well-written uh, couple of scenes, and in one of the scenes was a great monologue that I don't think will ever make it to the uh, to the show. <clears throat> about um, they didn't they didn't say that 
you know, noticing that Benny was a vampire, and they didn't even actually say that the character was reading opposite uh, opposite Jensen's character. They, they just kind of had scratched them all out and put fake names there. It was a great monologue about him describing his father bringing home a, um, a Shih Tzu, and uh, and you know, after his dad got tired, he's like, "All right, son, gotta get rid of this dog. The dog's gotta go." And he handed me a ball peen hammer. And I took him out on the back porch. And then there's this whole description about how his father made him kill this Sharpay with a ball peen hammer. And it's uh both it's both funny and disturbing. And um it was one of the greatest lines and it was, you know, the thing is nobody ever tells you those Sharpays, they got a skull like a phone book. <laughs> And so it was this oh really goodness. twisted, really twisted but darkly humorous monologue that I did for Penny. And um, so it was a great audition piece to, to go in. Anytime as an actor you, can, you get something like that to work with, and you, uh, you're bound to have fun. So the old-fashioned way, went in and auditioned. Holy cow. <laughs> that is <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> and, and It's very disturbing. Extremely. <laughs> and... And he, do, he do you know who wrote like, it? And, and, and this sharp guy, he's looking up at me with these eyes like, boy, what the hell are you doing? And I know I'm hurting him because I'm whacking him over and over and <gasps> over. And I'm saying, die, you son of a bitch. Just die. Yeah, it was just very disturbing. Oh, oh my goodness. And, and at, the end, at the end, the other character goes, how old were you? Oh, man, I was about six. <sighs> oh, yeah. Wow. It was a great monologue because we got to play with a little bit of the, um, you know, I think what came across in that monologue is that he was disturbed by the act, um, but he was also, there was also like a, uh, a brutality to it, you know, that there was such a duality to, um, first of all, the age of him and him talking about it and obviously being disturbed by it. But at the same time, it's so dark and twisted, you have to be able to kind of commit to that reality, too. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great audition piece for a character like Benny. Mm-hmm. He's got so many sides to him. Dude, definitely. Did it have the writer, supernatural writer, who wrote that? I, I don't remember, to be honest. I don't remember. Oh. Sorry. Just, they, don't, they don't post it on the audition side, so. Uh, I'm just, just curious. It sounds very Ben Edlund. <laughs> Well, that may be so why I never going, made it to <laughs> So even going into the audition, you knew, like, the accent was already listed for the audition? No, they actually didn't come out and say what accent they wanted. But um, within reading the dialogue, you could you could certainly tell that the writer had written some in. They didn't tell me where the character was from. Um, I could definitely tell by the writing that it was a, a southern accent. Um so I I made it a little bit of a generic, um, somewhat gem- generic. I didn't want to make it too specific. It kind of did end up being kind of Louisianish, uh, but um, um, that really originally wasn't intentional. It was just kind of going off the writing, going off my guts, and, and trying to come up with something that seemed to, to fit the character. So even now when people ask me about his accent, I go, here's my actor's background. And I go, you know what? First of all, Benny's probably like a hundred years old, and uh, and so accents changed a lot in that time. So even if you pinpointed to a Louisiana accent, it's probably not the same as it was a hundred years ago, anyways. So mm-hmm. yeah, 
So, yes. I saw it in the, so I saw it in the writing, but I brought I brought it in. As you develop the accent, is there anything specifically you're modeling it after, or just kind of like a southern hodgepodge, heavy Creole? It's a little bit of a hodgepodge. Like I said, it's not uh, it's not specific to any one location. And I think in hindsight, it's a, it's a good choice. As an actor going in, they didn't tell me, so I have no idea where I should go with it. So I tried to make it fit where I thought it belonged, which was a fairly deep south. And uh, and even now, like I said, I don't think I want to narrow it down to any specific location too strongly because um, because a hundred years have passed, and uh, and you know I think things change in that time. So so. Um, I just keep letting them play and, uh, you know, letting it be what it is for me. I like that interpretation of it because also he's a vampire and vampires, you know, they're, they travel a lot, so they kind of pick up. <clears throat> Absolutely. They travel a lot and they, uh, they, they, he's lived a long time and, um, and, you know, we all know that uh, even local dialects can change over a period of 100 years, so. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Back in season two, you played another vampire, Eli. What was it like yep. coming back for Natural after six years? Uh, you know what? I didn't think much of it. It's not something that's terribly uncommon for a show that's running as long as Supernatural. Um, you know, especially in a, in a talent pool like Vancouver, we're, we're a bit of a smaller talent pool. Some really great, great talent in Vancouver, but it's a bit, a bit smaller. So, if a show like uh, Supernatural or or um, Stargate, you know, these shows, they all started to kind of double dip into the pool after enough years, and it's just, um, you know, it's we're, we're asking you to suspend your disbelief and accept that this person is somebody else. And and um, so for me, coming back. Um, as as Benny after playing Eli in season two, I didn't think much of it. But I, what's interesting is now that I'm a little bit deeper into the, into the supernatural world, I I'm uh, I'm amazed how many fans know, recognize it, and ask me that question, want to know what it's like. And to me, it's like um, they're two different characters, and so there's there's never been any weirdness for me. And I um and if anything, the show uh, you know the show's just as I remember, easy to work with and uh, easy to work on. And uh, and I just came in and kind of fit right back in and enjoying myself on the set. Was it weird playing a vampire again? No, no, it wasn't weird for me. Like I said, um, you know, it'd be like, you know, every time you ever played a, you know, a henchman okay. bad guy, is it weird playing a bad guy again? Well... No, they're all a little different. You know, Eli and Benny are very different characters. So to me, there was there was really nothing uh, off-putting about it or weird at all. It might have been weird if the characters were a little bit, you know, a little bit um, more similar. But in my mind, they weren't. You know, they weren't really that uh, that similar at all. So to me, it was just uh, yeah. Benny is a completely different guy, and. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I'm really glad that I've had the chance to come back and play Benny because it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to see that, as far as we can tell, Benny has survived because it looked iffy there till almost the very end of <laughs> Citizen Bank. It, it did indeed, didn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they like to do that to you, those writers, I know. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we yeah. don't... Um, 
I don't know a lot about uh, the future of Benny, but um, uh, I think uh, for my money, you know, it's an interesting storyline, and I think there's more to be to be had out of it. And um, so, who knows? I, I don't know anything, but uh, there's every possibility that uh, we might see Benny back again at some point. And, and uh, they have been doing such a spectacular t- job with these storylines. Um, I'd be excited to see where they go with it from here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because he he's been trying to be a a good vampire, you know, quote unquote good vampire. It's kind of odd. Yeah. But but again, now we're not too sure because he it was tough for him, but he gave in at the end. Of course, in defense, defense of himself and of his great granddaughter. So it made sense, but it's still now he's stepped back over the vampire line. So. And, well, yeah, I think it is one of those. It is one of those things. I think you know it's, it's comparable to um, somebody who's suffering a, you know, the, the most severe of addictions, where it's always with you it's, and it's day to day and it doesn't go away. It's not like that's a, the worst physical. Addi- you know, they say with uh, smokers that after three, four days, the physical addiction is gone and the rest is mental. Well. Imagine having to deal with that and it never goes away. I think that's probably mm-hmm. the level of intensity that his need to feed is. So it's, it's being hungry. Imagine mm-hmm. not being allowed to eat every day. Right. Ever. But you're not dying. Mm-hmm. You just are starving every day. Um, you know, we've seen, we've seen people, um, you know, animals gnaw off their own, um, their own limbs and we've seen even humans go that far as to, to do drastic things when they're starving. So you're talking about a character that's essentially starving all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't even imagine um, how difficult that would be and what a constant what a constant threat and pressure and agony mm-hmm. that would be. That's the way I like to think about it anyways. Mm-hmm. That's a great relationship that Benny and Dean have. I mean, had fun kind of playing that with Jensen, you know, they're brothers, but they shouldn't be. But it was, they were sort of forced together in purgatory and to get themselves out of there. And, and uh, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate odd couple, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jensen's such a great guy to, to work with. And so such a professional, but also such an easy and, uh, and easy guy. And, and, um, giving actor so we've we've had some fun with it and we just kind of clicked really really well and kind of right out of the gate we um you know things seem to go smoothly and uh so anytime you can, you can have somebody like that to work opposite it makes your job easier so we just go out there and i think we have fun and we're both loving the scripts and you know jensen's one of these guys that you know he he, he, he still loves he's been there eight seasons he's still loving the show he's still loving his character i think he's still loving the the scripts and the, and the writers are blowing me away because after eight seasons you really start to go really what are you going to put out now? But these mm-hmm. scripts have been so good. They've been so good. So yeah, it's it's been real fun. It's been a fun ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haley H over on Twitter, um, she wanted to know you know you you a lot of your scenes mostly have just been with Jensen. Do you and Jensen um, add any improv? She wants to know if you and Jensen have any improvisations as you're acting. Did you come up with anything, um, even just a line or an expression or anything that you all came up with? 
Um, you know, I think there's always a little a little bit of that with us. Um, and you know, even just on, on in small ways, like a little a little adjustment on a line here, a little um, back and forth. I think we always do that, and that's one of the things that keeps you want to honor the script, obviously, and particularly when you have such spectacular writers. But you know, um, when you're on your game, that's what we do. So it's funny when people ask that because occasionally you'll get something that's really hugely different or really like, oh, yeah, I remember this time we thought, let's try this, and then we did this, and then it was this great moment. But, you know, when I think when it, when two actors are working well together, you're constantly doing that. That's what we do. In fact, that's when we're doing what we do best, that's what we do, is that we're constantly having those little subtle moments playing off of each other. So um, to try to come up with something, one thing in particular, um, might be hard-pressed because, I, like I said, I think we uh, I think we tend to do it um, all the time. Like we, we, we tend to kind of play off each other like that. Um, you know, there was one moment in 809 where, you know, obviously Benny realized that Dean's holding the, the machete behind his back. And um, you don't know what you you know you don't even know what the set's gonna look like until you get there. We shot one day on that set, so I show up and go, okay, here's my camp, and I see where everything is, and I'm washing my hands in this tub, and and the <clears throat> they had placed the uh, the stump with the machete on the other side of the of the um, of the wash tub, and uh, I think after the first take, or the first couple of rehearsals, I was like, you know, like let me just see the other side because I think. What I'm going to do is I'm going to reach for this and just kind of set up that tension that there's a possibility that we might throw down here. And if it was on the other side, then I could turn around and be right there on my right hand, and it, it would work really, uh, really easily. So we did that, and I think it became a nice little moment where we realized, uh, as viewers, we had this moment going, uh-oh, really? What's he reaching for? Uh-oh, his hand's on the handle. You know, And we kind of had that moment of, like, what's going to happen here? Is this, are they going to fight, or are they going to, you know, build the tension and then it releases? So things like that happen all the time, right? We're just playing the reality of the scene. I went, okay, he's got a weapon on his back. I, maybe I should reach for my weapon. Wait a minute, this is a bad place for my weapon to be. <laughs> to make it TV, uh, TV easy and not have to walk over to it, it's a little bit over here. Mm-hmm. So those mm. things happen all the time. Oh. Uh, another question. Everybody, everybody keeps okay. asking me if I've been pranked yet. <laughs> that's, that's like that question. Have they pranked you yet? And I keep saying, they don't dare. They fear retribution. <laughs> that's good. I like that answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I like this question. Someone just tweeted us. Um, Adder five seven four wants to know: Do we ever find out who they are, the ones who um, told Benny about the portal and purgatory? That's a good question. I have no idea. <laughs> I know fans like fans like to think that we we have all this information. They don't tell us anything because <laughs> actors are by nature uh, loudmouths and talkers. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, if you want to keep the secret, don't tell the actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we get we have to sign forms and stuff, non-disclosures. Please do not tweet the script. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> no trust. <laughs> no trust. I thought people would like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, kind of like that. Did Did you know that Benny had a great granddaughter? Did you know he was going to eventually find some family? No or idea. Was that new to you? Nope. Yeah. Just, that's nope. Right. Not until I read the script, and we were trying to figure out the. I can't remember now. We're trying to figure out the math, but how how far removed she'd be. And then trying to figure out how old Benny was. And I still think there's some work to be done on this um, as we get new information because it would mean that he had a child at some point before he met, um, before he went with the uh, the Harris. Um, she's lost her name now. Andrea. Andrea. Um, Andrea. Yeah. Yeah. Before he met Andrea, he must have had a relationship and a kid from somewhere. So, yeah, so we're trying to figure out just how old he is and how that all, how old he would have to be and how many times removed she'd be. Uh, but no, I had no idea. I think that makes it interesting, though. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was. What's that? I was wa- I was watching Blood Brother um, right before this with Andrea, and I was wondering if there was any chance before, you know, if that Andrea could have been the great grandmother somehow or another. So you're saying that it prob- she probably wasn't. Um, I don't imagine that she was because there's no mention of it, and um, that's a pretty big thing to leave out of the story when he's telling Dean. You know that we met, and I should I should have called her out, called her ship out to the crew, but instead I joined her. There wasn't a lot of time in there. I'm not even sure they're. I'm not even sure how long they were together. Uh, so I don't think so. But um, you know, um, anything's possible. <laughs> but that's not that's not what I've been led to believe. No. And I don't think there's enough time because I think I think we figured that. Um, Benny was in purgatory for about 50 years. And so we called her my great-great-granddaughter. So that wouldn't be enough time for that. Mm-hmm. Correct. Well, depending on... I I, I don't imagine vampires can um, produce offspring, so... That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if that's we'll find out a biological... <laughs> maybe uh, no, maybe it's, I don't I don't know. I wish I had those answers for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Even if you had them, you probably couldn't tell us. <laughs> no, True. absolutely. If I knew, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Anyways, uh, we've already had two episodes that are very very focused on the character of Benny. Were you surprised? Um at being, you know, a reoccurring guest, having two episodes so soon that have so much of your backstory and your continued story? Um, yeah, I'm surprised, pleased and surprised. And, and um, <clears throat> like I said, I don't, you know, we don't get told a lot about, I didn't get told a lot about um, the story that they were planning to go uh, with Benny. And, um, so, you know, I was learning as we go, too, and you never know what you're going to get. And so when I read those, particularly those episodes where 
he's really heavily featured in the story kind of revolves around him in, in a lot of ways. Um, those, that's always great. And, I mean, <laughs> actors are all greedy screen horror. You know, we just want to we want to be on TV as much as possible. We want all the dialogue. <laughs> we want always on us. And, you know. um, so yes, I uh, I enjoyed the fact that you know you read the scripts and you're like, great, this is an awesome episode for me. And this is this has got a lot of meat to it, and and I like what they're doing with Benny because um, you know we love what we do, and so of course we love the opportunity to. To have a character that you can really jump into. So yeah, I was pleasant, pleasantly surprised. But I've been doing this long enough; I never hold my breath. You know, it's like I, I've been, you know, told by <laughs> to my face by directors, "Yeah, I'm hiring you for that role. You're probably gonna call next week, and you never hear anything." <laughs> uh, so, yeah. uh, and it's not their fault. But what happens is, you know, there's so many things that go into the decisions behind this stuff, you know. Um, and you never know why uh, things happen. And you may never know why. Somebody probably mm-hmm. does. but So, you know, you just kind of do your best, enjoy enjoy yourself while you're there, and um, and, and try not to hold your breath for the next time. And that's kind of what, what uh, you have to do in this business. Especially, you know, most of our job as actors is looking for the next job. So, uh, and, you know, unless you're fortunate enough to be, um, you know, Jared and Jensen who have landed this great gig that hit it, uh, hit it big with the, the TV audiences mm-hmm. and has been going for a while now. But a lot of times, you know, you, know, you, you may get four or five uh, episodes and then you're on to the next project and it's a single episode and then you're on to a little movie part and then you're on to another episode and then you're unemployed and then you're on to another episode. So that's, that tends to be the the more common way for actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Supernatural, when it started, it was touch and go. I remember holding my breath at the end of, like, at least the first three seasons thinking, you know, am I, are they going to come back? Are we going to get an answer to this huge cliffhanger I just watched? So, yeah, you just never know. There's so many people have to agree to make something Absolutely. work. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, they, and can, they can say no for the bizarrest of reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah, it's a pickle biz. Yeah, and the arts are any art is highly subjective. You know, you just mm-hmm. never sure. You're never sure. But that's that's what keeps it fun too, right? All right, come on, support right. me here. Yeah, yeah, oh, <laughs> very true. Well, Leave I me mean, hanging I mean, there. Come on. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm not in the inter- I was actually just thinking because I'm not in the entertainment world, but I'm in the art world, so I can totally see. Like you just never know, like what kind of art somebody's going to like or dislike, and why something is successful, and and uh, you can sell it for well, a million dollars, to, or I, you can you can yeah. sell it for ten dollars and have to give it away. So yeah, it's it's very. very I hate to break it to you. Like, I hate to break it to you, but you know you're hosting a podcast, so you are kind of in the entertainment business. Oh well. <laughs> Come on now, we got to entertain. There's got to be somebody listening to us. <laughs> yes, yes. But where, and where they do? The, where, yeah, we're in the no paycheck portion of the entertainment business. So <laughs> it's a little different. I know. Yeah, yeah. We, how many views? We how do many, it for uh, love. Yeah, this we we entertain <laughs> for love on here. Uh-huh. <laughs> How yeah, many? Uh, how many listen- do you guys do it by listeners or subscribers or how does it work for a podcast? Uh, 
for the podcast listeners. I know. What do you wear uh, when you give your interviews? Pajamas. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. You're on pajamas over there. <laughs> All right. Well, apparently, I picked the right attire then. Yes. Good job. <laughs> you are dressed appropriately. <laughs> yes. I'm eating Chinese yeah. food um, in my pajamas. Perfect. Doing a pod, doing a podcast interview. <laughs> Fit right in. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes it's a good I good thing we're not video. <laughs> for <all of> <laughs> Same here. That's a very good thing. <laughs> yeah. But I guess with any kind of art acting entertainment when I'm in you just you just learn not to take it personally. You just can't. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I do. Oh, I well. always um I always send training you, letters to any job. <laughs> you take it personally when they say no. I, <laughs> I take it so personally. I hate that. <laughs> I tell them that they're starving my family. You know. Oh. oh. Guilt, guilt is guilt is the way work? to go. Does it work? Guilt, tears, climbing the bell tower with a list of demands. <laughs> oh no. Uh, Does it work? You have a t- we Jim have Jim Michaels just tweeted a question. Jim Michaels Sorry, wants to know. Jim Michaels from Executive Producer oh, Supernatural oh. tweeted a question. He wants to know how do you feel about your chances of survival at a convention? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I've already um, somehow found myself agreeing to doing a uh, karaoke night. And uh, I have several offers for for binge drinking. And uh, (laughs) we have a offer for dinner. So um, thankfully I'm a hearty soul. I'll probably, you know, I'll probably have to, uh, you know, really make sure the couple weeks before that I'm living a nice, clean, healthy lifestyle. But I think I'm going to do all right. I think I'm going to do all right. I always Mm -hmm. had this theory about, you know, if if I ever get any weird stalkers, I'm going to just beat them to the punch and stalk them back. The minute they start being weird, I'm going to go, where do you live? No, no, give me your address. I'm going to visit. <laughs> I'll just shut the door in my pajamas and my suitcase. Yeah. Go, Hi. Are you my fan? Are you, Chinese food? Are you my fan? Want some Chinese food? Yeah, as long as you bring Chinese food, pretty much the entire yeah. fan base is going to be okay with it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Chinese food or chocolate. <laughs> Good thing. That's right, Chinese um, and or margaritas, but it could also work. <laughs> yeah, if you yeah, yeah. if you bring if you bring a supernatural fan booze or food, we're gonna be happy. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta, you gotta imagine this all together. I show up at your doorstep carrying a karaoke machine and a microphone, with some ten day old Chinese food in my pajamas, drunk as a skunk. It's not gonna look as glamorous as people think. <laughs> Right? I thought, I, I well, I thought the Chinese food was going to be fresh at least. I was hoping for fresh Chinese. You lost uh, me a 10 day. 10 day? I'm a, I'm a bachelor. That's fresh. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, come on. Chinese food? You can leave that thing in there for like months. It doesn't get moldy. Oh, so, Jim, the answer is Jim, I, I think I will be okay. But uh, perhaps you should join me in some of these things just to make sure that that um, that we uh, get out alive. 
I hear Jim gets. I hear Jim is Jimmy and uh, you know get a little rowdy sometimes too. So it's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I hope you'll come to the Chicago convention. That's the one I go to every year. I know we're what New Jersey, going to New Jersey, and one other one. Um, I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea where I'm going. Yeah, there's pretty much one a month, like for eight months of the year. So, <laughs> New Jersey? No, uh, like yeah. in general. So, <laughs> oh, that's your life. <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. To find I out when you get the plane tickets, I guess. <laughs> you know, I I called or I contacted Becky earlier today about the time for this. This is me in a nutshell. I'm literally here sitting with a friend eating Chinese food. Wolfing down food, and I'm going, um, I go, oh, oh, mouthful. <laughs> Pull up my phone, I'm like, oh, it's two minutes, too. I completely forgot. I'm so glad I didn't, like, realize 20 minutes after the hour. I'm like, I'm <laughs> supposed to be here for this podcast. And I would totally do that. That's the kind of crazy thing I do. I'm the kind of person who goes upstairs, to, you know, to get a new box of tissues, and I get up to the top of the stairs and go, what the hell am I doing up here? Then I go all the way back downstairs, I remember. Oh. Nice. I, I can I, um, totally relate. Yeah. You can relate? I can too. But yeah, I, I totally relate. I think you're too young. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm checking, and you're going to New Jersey next May. Right. <laughs> okay. Yay. There's one. <laughs> and I know there's another one. Vegas? I Vegas. I think I'm doing um, Brazil and... Um, UK and uh, Australia, New Zealand, and Jersey. Uh, Jersey, I think there might be another one. Oh, and LA, and yeah, Burbank, and Vancouver. Yes, thanks. Well, I'm stoked about it. I'm really stoked about it. I might just. I think you'll have um, fun. I think so. I think so. You're absolutely a member of the supernatural family now, and you're sort of stuck. You're, it's like a family, you know. You're Good. stuck with us, whether you want us or not. Can I be the weird alcoholic uncle? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you're just in luck. That there was an opening for the weird alcoholic uncle. So yes, yes, we have a we have an opening. Yeah. Misha's the sort of. I'm in. How are you in life with the supernatural fandom? You, I know you know you re, you are on Twitter and everything. How are you liking being you know being in a part of the family? Uh, I'm enjoying it uh, immensely. I'm enjoying it immensely. Eventually, I'm going to get myself in trouble somehow. I'm sure of it. But um, I really like it. I'm you know I, I'm I, I'm a, I actually like people. I like um, and I mean this really in the most genuine and complimentary way. I like weird people. I like odd people. Um, and um, and uh, quirky people, they're some of my favorite people in the world, and there's plenty of them out there. So I love well, chatting and, by, and interacting. God, you've come to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly have. Yep. And I say that yep, with great love and affection from, you know, Uncle, mm-hmm. drunken Uncle Ty, that uh, yep. <laughs> there are some, some interesting characters out there. Um, Weird Uncle Ty. Yes. <laughs> No, it's oh, great. So you know what the the, the fan base is amazing. I mean, a show doesn't go eight seasons without a fan base 
like the ones that uh, that they have for supernatural, and that's just the plain truth. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've got those kind of dedicated, loyal, and passionate fans, and they're keeping the show going. And um, mm-hmm. how can you not be thankful and not like them for it? I mean, uh, what uh, an actor and the entertainment industry in particular, and you know, it's not an easy business. It's not. It's not easy to make a living. It's not easy. We're lucky to make a living doing something we love. And um, a huge reason that happens is because of the fans. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I'm in, and I'm loving chatting with them. I think it's uh, um, it, it's nice to be able. To, I, this whole Twitter thing is kind of just it's just kind of dawned on me. Somebody mentioned this. They they said this to me, and as soon as they said, it, I went, "Yeah, you're right. It's the fan mail of today, right?" And I've always said, mm-hmm. you know, if anybody's listening mm-hmm. to this, please accept my apology. I don't send Christmas cards to my family. I don't send birthday cards. I don't. For, I, for, I don't. I, I don't stay in touch. I'm terrible. It's because I'll do things like going, you know. Oh, geez, it's ten after four. I'm supposed to do a podcast. Um, so, so for me to be able to connect with the fans and to give a genuine thank you back when somebody says they liked your performance or they like what you do on the show or. Uh, it's really for me. I'm really grateful for it because it's mm-hmm. uh, it's an instant gratification if I can go. This person has sent me uh, some compliments or some um, some comments about my work and appreciates what I do, and then I can instantly just even if it's just a hey thanks. Um, mm-hmm. I like I like being able to do that. So mm-hmm. I'm loving it. I'm loving. It. I just hope they all know that the more that I get, the harder it is to respond. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's the ones who start to get a little upset that you're no longer in love with them. Um, yeah, you know, have to, go, have to remember there's there's one of you and thousands of us, so yeah. it's yeah. tough and it's kind of like I guess not quite live theater, but it's kind of like you can get a pretty quick reaction to something instead of having to wait for months yeah. or years till something comes out. So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you know, it's like I, it's a, um, I have a rule that nobody should ever fight via texting. Like no arguments should ever count when you're doing a texting argument because it's so easy to misread, misinterpret, drop a text, you know. And I think the same thing should pl- apply for Twitter, that nobody should ever be allowed to argue on Twitter because it's <laughs> become so ridiculous <laughs> in 140 characters trying to argue your point with bad autocorrect and... and uh, Paraphrasing mm. and, and short form and no tone of voice. Yeah, no tone of voice. Bomb attack. Yeah, no tone of voice. No intonation. Nothing. Like it should be just illegal. You should not be allowed to fight on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank goodness for emoticons, <laughs> or we'd probably be in even more trouble. <laughs> yeah. So, too, too that, they're helpful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless you're me, who always forgets about emoticons because I'm kind of anti-emoticon. So I always forget that, like, you know, at the end of a sarcastic remark, a winky smiley might soften that a little bit. I'm not good at it. So yeah, Twitter, Twitter actually has its own built-in emoticons, doesn't it? It does? Does it? It does? I don't I know. Does it? I thought I saw it. I don't know. I don't know either. I never used them, but I thought I stumbled on it one day. I went, oh, who knew this was here? But maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm thinking about something else. Facebook has started it. Facebook just started. If that, you type an emoticon, it'll turn into the little picture. So yeah, maybe Facebook. That's where I saw it. Yep. Okay. 
All right. I have a question for Jim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to. Okay. I know. I want to know. I owe Jim a favor, and uh, and uh, I want to know what he drinks. So maybe if one of the Jimines are listening, or or uh, Benny's Bunny, or uh, Tiger. Uh, <clears throat> what? Tequila. Doesn't Does he tweet about oh, yeah. Jim, Jim's a tequila, yeah, Jim's a tequila drinker. Tequila. Uh, <laughs> like a Patron or uh, uh, somebody tequila. in the know. Send me. As long as it's tequila. There's lots. No, of no, really, he just likes tequila. All right. What? They have a uh, him, Russ Hamilton, and. Um, Guy B call themselves the tequila. Yeah, they call themselves the Tequila Amigos. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> so they are the three Thank Tequila you. Amigos. Okay, so <laughs> what is what is what is Uncle Ty's um, adult beverage of choice, and what is Benny's adult beverage of choice? Uh, Benny's, Benny's beverage of choice would be an AB negative. Um, (laughs) Okay, aside from that You walked right into that I just like a bourbon guy to me You know, if he was going to You know, drink something else Yeah, he'd probably probably be a a bourbon I'd like Mm -hmm. to think that um, Because I don't like it when my characters Drink drinks that I don't like Because that's always unfun Um, He might like good port I think it'd be nice If he had good port And then yeah, I don't think he's picky, but uh, good port. Maybe bourbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, bourbon. Uh, I um, I will give a shout out to my favorite beer, uh, which is a uh, Okanagan fifteen sixteen. It's a lager, a Bavarian lager that's brewed here in uh, in Canada, in the Okanagan, and uh, it, it's delicious. And I drink too much of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then. Uh, and then uh, I like to slice rum and coke. I also like a tequila. But you know what? Here, I'll give you guys a little, I'll give you a bit of the dirt. You want some of the dirt? Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is how I get in touch with my feminine side. I love sweet drinks. I love pina coladas and strawberry daiquiris. Extra sweet. Oh, yes. Now you're Ooh. talking my kind of- that, now you're talking my kind of alcoholic beverages. That's what I like. <laughs> I love them. Because <laughs> I, I, uh, I have a sweet tooth. So um, it's like a little dessert. Love them, love them, love them, love them. Lisa, one on Twitter wants to know if you've ever tried marshmallow vodka. I have not. I, I just, a friend of mine told me that um, there is a... Cotton candy vodka out there. Oh, I've tried a spice yeah. of vodka. That's good. There's a mm. vanilla really cake just... one too. Mm. Bailey's on ice. How, Delicious. How about Southern Comfort? Because that's sweet. That's that little sweet. Uh, you know what? Um, I, I will, but I, it's not my go-to. It's not my go-to. Mm. Um, beer, beer's my uh, beer's my staple. Ah. And then, uh, <laughs> but yes, I suppose you know. Oh, so wait a minute. Well, cost darn. Who doesn't know this? Southern company. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so those are my choices. You? What do you drink? We got one battery oh. over there. When I'm a whiskey girl. Whiskey? When nice. Vin, 
I'm a whiskey. Well, we were in uh, Vancouver a couple of months ago, Becky and I, and um, when we went to Earl's, we found out they had a drink called the Honey Badger, and it was my way to get Becky to drink with me because she's not a big drinker. So the fact that it had, like, the honey syrup and the apple juice, she was all for it. It was very exciting. Oh, for me. so good. <laughs> so good. So good. Do they have, uh, was it Honey Jacks? Like uh, uh, Honey Jack Daniels? It's got huh? honey syrup, Jack Daniels, and apple juice. Hmm. Yeah, I think I've had okay. that. I think they call them Honey, ja- honey Jacks, too, though. Ah, I've never heard of it before. I usually, I drink whiskey with ginger ale. That's my drink. Oh, where are you? You guys can tell you. Yeah, we get, we get, no, I'm in Texas, but we get um, Canada Dry and Seagram's down here where I am. Oh, yeah. But when I go up up to Canada, it's super easy for me because every place has ginger ale, so it's really easy. Of course, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you know what else is weird? When I go, um, when I'm in the, in the States, I love breakfast. Breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. And sometimes I'll have it every meal of the day. But in restaurants, you, you guys don't have peanut butter at restaurants. Like, if you ask for peanut butter, they're like, what? You guys yeah. rarely have peanut butter. I didn't know that oh. we were supposed to have peanut butter. Although my mother at home, she's always put peanut butter on her pancakes. But everyone always thinks she's weird for it. My dad does the same thing. My dad loves peanut butter yeah. and pancakes. I've never peanut seen butter that. Pancakes. I love peanut butter. Mm-hmm. So, I, I love peanut butter with my breakfast and a little toast. Yeah, peanut butter on you know, So mm-hmm. when I show up at your house in my PJs, try to have some peanut butter, please. We will have, <laughs> there will be peanut butter as well. And it's actually, my favorite snack. Being, <laughs> yeah, being in Texas and then um, my family, my mother's side, were Mexican. So my mother's favorite breakfast is just a tortilla warmed up, slathered with peanut butter. She's the happiest mm, person. Nice. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah that makes her not really happy. Mm. Peanut so, butter and jelly. Yeah, peanut butter. Peanut butter and jelly. Um, you know, you you've just taken two great things and spoiled them both, in my opinion. Yeah, but I, 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 guess, <laughs> I agree with that. I've never been a peanut butter jelly fan either. I agree. Oh, I love it. Peanut butter, crunchy peanut butter, and love strawberry. Butter. Strawberry, mm. yummy. Yeah. It's all right. There's more mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> yes, there is. Not if I take the peanut butter, though. That's true. Oh. But I like peanut butter on toast. Oh. I like peanut butter on toast. It's yummy. I love peanut butter on toast. Yeah. Great. Now we've got to fight ties for the peanut butter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am, you do. <laughs> Doesn't go with Chinese food, though. <laughs> and, and the pina coladas, too. You watch your back and then drink your pina colada over your shoulder. Just distract me with the Chinese food and I'll completely forget about the peanut butter. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> do you, want any, do you guys want any other deep, deep, dark secrets? You want to know what happens in, in 815? Of course. You guys want to know what happened? Yeah, me too. I'm not in it. (laughs) (laughs) That was a terrible trick. You got you all excited there. If you're not in it, bad Uncle Ty. Ask Jim. (laughs) Oh, Uh, oh. yeah. He's like a a rock. We can't break him. (laughs) 
here's here's a great thing about me being me is that, you know I do the episodes I don't ever know what episode number it is to begin with. Somebody asked me on uh, Facebook or Twitter the other day, oh, uh, um, I'm I'm so excited for Citizen Fang. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> I, had not, I had no idea. I'm like, oh, the episode's called Citizen Fang? I had no idea. But why would I need to know that? I don't actually need to know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're not, you don't have a plan to head back to Vancouver yet. Like, like What's that? You don't know if, you're going back to Supernatural yet, or you know and you're not telling us, possibly. Uh, I know I haven't I know. been there for a while. How about that? <laughs> no, I, uh, I have no idea. Yeah, like yeah, I said, it's, I don't... It's like um, worth a try. <laughs> in this business, you don't you don't hold your breath. Um, yeah. um, sometimes they may not even know. So when I, when I signed up to do it, I think the, the part was originally a four-episode kind of thing, so we're past that. So anything from here on is gravy, you know, and um, and um, I hope if scheduling if scheduling allows, I'd, I'd, I'd love to do some more. But you know, they've got lots of lots of great storylines, lots of great characters on that show. So um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. The but, good you thing know, about Supernatural is you'll never really be gone anyway. So mm-hmm. oh. thing yeah. exactly. Look at me. I came back from season two as a whole different person. Yeah, <laughs> and, a character that was already, and a character that was already dead twice. Yep, exactly. Uh, that happens all the that, time right? on Supernatural. <laughs> happens all Benny, the time Benny on was, Supernatural. <laughs> Benny was killed, turned into a vampire, then killed and went to purgatory, and then came back again. <laughs> I, I, I got to know, Benny's vampire teeth, are they prosthetics or are they all just visual effects? A bit of both. It depends on what they're doing. Uh, they'll have prosthetic teeth that we'll put in um, for certain shots. But if they're if they're showing the teeth uh, um, coming in or out, then it's then it's CGI. Mhm. Okay. Okay. Now a lot of people um, have been tweeting us asking about you were on Dark Angel with Jensen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when when you came on to Supernatural either on season two or back in this season. Did you ever, you know, talk about maybe your time working together on Dark Angel? No, I don't think either of us even remembered. Uh. <laughs> uh, I, I, can't, I can't remember uh, if it was him that reminded me or somebody else that reminded or, or I reminded him or something, but, I, you know, um, I don't. I think we only had we had like one little small scene or something. One certainly only one day or something like that. I remembered him from that. I think I reminded him, um, actually, and somebody else had reminded me or something. I don't remember. Um, but that was quite a long time ago. And he was the guest in the episode, and I was uh, just just filling in a smaller part that day. So, um, uh. Yeah, I, I'm not sure we had we didn't have much to chat about. Hey man, remember the good old days when I did that one scene with you and I was the like doorman? <laughs> <laughs> ten, ten years ago. <laughs> ten years ago, right? I'm a huge X Files fan. You were on one of my favorite episodes of X Files, Kitsunagari. Oh yeah. Uh, what mm-hmm. was the hard yes. working 
you know, on that show because that that was such a huge, you know, part of the sci-fi genre. Well, you know, it was my very first uh, booking ever on film and television. Oh, this was my first. It was my first TV show ever, and um, a couple things. That show was so huge at the time. I think it got in there on season five, right? So it had a big budget, and um, and there was a lot of money in the industry at that time. And um, I remember I did a thirty. Se- I was in the thirty-second teaser uh, off the top of the show, and I uh, shot. With some reshoots and stuff, I shot five days. Wow. Uh, huge, wow. right? Huge. I got five days of work. So you got this actor who's coming out of theater school, went and did a season of uh, theater at the Shaw Festival, still got like a student loan, and um, and broke, as, as students are and actors often are. And here I get this five days of work on this uh, big TV show. So it was, uh, I can remember, you know, yeah, I can remember the first check I got, and I can remember coming home and my um, my wife at the time going, "Well, so how was it?" How was it? And me going, "You would not believe the food they serve you." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I went on and told her all about craft services and catering and stuff. And she's like, "Yeah, but how was the job?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, the job was good too, but the food." <laughs> you have your priorities straight. <laughs> Yeah, uh, five five days I got off that job. Yep. Wow. Yeah, you know it's really cool because you know that's going to be a bit a little bit of an iconic piece of television history, and it's kind of cool that I can say my first job ever was on that show. So it's cool. That, that is one of my favorite cool. ever. Mm-hmm. You are also fairly recently on a show that I really enjoy, kind of out of the genre, um, you were on Hell on Wheels. Uh, yeah. How how fun was it to be in like that kind of costuming and play that kind of role? Oh, it was great. I mean, Griggs was a, a prick, too, you know. And, um, and yeah, he really was. Most fun to play. Yeah, he really was, wasn't he? Um, yeah. But it, it was, a, it was a, the, kind of, the kind of prick that's fun to watch, though. <laughs> you love to hate. <laughs> yeah, he, he was he was a fun character to play, and um, again another another really um, textured and layered kind of show, you know, period piece. So that kind of stuff is uh, is a lot of fun. And a character like that is just so nasty; it makes your teeth hurt. Some of the things he he says, and um, a lot of fun. I had. Uh, I think 17 years of doing this, I'd never uh, had to ride a horse. And um, that summer, I rode th- <laughs> did three shows back to back, all riding horses. And so, uh, <laughs> by the time I got to that one, they didn't even ask me if I could ride a horse. I'm like, wow, oh, they didn't even ask me. I've only ridden like maybe a week and a half in my entire life. Um, but I seem to I seem to manage to pull it off <laughs> fairly believably. And um, yeah, I had fun on that. It was a, it was a fun one to do. You're in the middle of a field with these wool suits on, three-piece wool suits for the uh, soldier's outfit. So, man, hot. But um, Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that and show, I, that I, show has I, a really I, authentic costuming. I actually haven't seen both episodes. I just saw the first episode that I'm in for the first time, like, last week. 
And um, I still haven't seen my death yet. Everybody says it's really gruesome and awesome, but I haven't seen it yet. I was, I was going to say, if, uh, you know, spoilers for anybody who doesn't watch Hell on Wheels, but your death is awesome. It, came out, it looks so good. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's I gross, a, but it's good. I want to make a demo reel of just my death. Yeah. Just, I, I think I must have died a hundred times. I've it many times. I just want a whole demo reel just where I die. That'd be neat, actually. Wouldn't that be yeah. fun? Mm-hmm. And I'll send that in for my next acting job. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can die really great. And then, and then a, headshot, a headshot of me in pajamas. <laughs> with some, eating, some Chinese eating food. Chinese food. <laughs> and, and having a daiquiri. Yeah, and having a strawberry daiquiri. With an extra sweet strawberry daiquiri. With a t shirt that says, Who be the stalker? <laughs> Who's the stalker now? <laughs> the most Can't stalk me if I stalk you first. <laughs> the most important question is. With your leftover Chinese food, do you warm it up or do you eat it cold? Uh, I will confess I've been eating it through this whole thing. Did you know? No, you're very good at covering it. I I told you. I put it in my cheeks. And what I do is I tilt the phone up to watch. I'm going to do it right now. Okay, I'm going to take a big bite. I only only have a bit of rice left, but hold on. Watch this. All right. So I'm putting it in my mouth. Now, go ahead and ask me a question. Benny, you started this. Uh, Now, see, now, while you guys are pausing and waiting and asking me a question, what I did was I took the phone up so that the the mouthpiece is up. And then I swing it back down, and by then it's, you know, it's either I can tuck it in the cheek or swallow it. That's just trickery. I just didn't know that. <laughs> but the um, the uh, sweet and sour chicken balls are much trickier because they're, they're crunchy. So I'd be quieter for those. <laughs> now, before you go, I, we have yes? to talk about the last scene for um, your last scene in this episode in the diner with Elizabeth and Martin. That was such a good dramatic scene. I mean. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Can you tell us about filming that scene? And I mean, it was just a great, great scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it turned out pretty well. Um, well, um, oh, you know, you were asking earlier about about little improvs and stuff. I am, um, you know, sometimes it works out the way you want it to, and, and the director's vision is the same as yours. And that was one of those ones where it, where it was like that, um, and. Um, to me, it was you know again, you put on the fact that Benny has this craving, this hunger that can never be satisfied, and um, how torturous that alone would make your life. And then add to the fact that you you're this undead creature who's probably seen many of his loved ones pass away, anyways. And then you spent 50 years in purgatory in 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 a, in a war. And um, and then you spend a year with this guy who's suddenly become your brother in arms, and now suddenly you're alone. You know, I mean, this guy has had a rough life. <laughs> like he's not had an easy go at things at all. And, and part of that is because 
he's one of those, you know, he's a monster of the conscience. And, um, and so I think when we look at that episode, when it worked, when it worked the best is when we, we really hoped that Benny would have some salvation and some peace. And, um, and I think in that moment when, when Benny realizes that he's not going to let her go, uh, it's a little bit of realizing he's, he's never going to get peace. And, uh, and I think all the, and also that, you know, he's a monster and he's never going to, this idea of this facade of being her friend and her coworker and pretending to be, to have the ability to have family is exactly that. It's a facade. And I think in that moment, it's like the, the, um, the emptiness that probably creeps into his, into his soul at that moment. You know, it's just one of those things that if you just let all that stuff be in the, be what it is and just know the details and imagine and be, you know, be able to commit to what that would be like. Um, and we've all had times in our lives where we're alone or lonely or feel like, uh, like we're living in our own empty, empty little bottle bubble. And, um, so that scene was it was a nice you know it was a nice thing as an actor to fall into with with the character you know something that I could relate to and, and also uh, empathize with and I think um, uh, so you know and and it was one of those things where I think it just turned out nice and when I, when I put my head when, when I put my head down on the on the uh, counter. You know, you talk about these little things that sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And it wasn't scripted, but that little I'm sorry that Benny says while his head's pressed against the counter um, was just something that came out of my mouth. And um, I never I never actually, I think I, I, I did it a couple times, and I never, I didn't really vocalize it. So it was so, you could really not even barely hear me, but that was kind of the point. I was, you know, it's just Benny's kind of silent little, uh, message to his granddaughter, and um, yeah. So sometimes those little moments, you know, you find something in that moment that you didn't expect, um, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, turned out. I think the season mm-hmm. turned out well. I'm sure, sure yeah. a lot of humanity for Benny and a lot of his struggle, and I think it did what it, what the writers intended it to do as well, which was make everybody think that um, anybody was going to be killed. Um, mm-hmm. And then, then also give us that little bit of horrific realization that oh no, what did Benny do? Um, and what now? What's that mean for for Dean? So, mm-hmm. um, sorry, does that answer your question? It really does. That was a mm-hmm. It's very powerful. Very powerful. Just because of the pajamas. They always I do my best thinking in my pajamas. <laughs> and MSG. That can be your memoir, Deep Thoughts in Pajamas. Mm. What's that? That can be the title of your memoir, Deep Thoughts in Pajamas. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. They don't they're not allowed to tell you this, but when I when I play Benny, um anytime I shoot above the waist I'm I'm wearing pajama bottoms. <laughs> it's just one of my things. Makes me comfortable. No, yeah, <laughs> now, um, you're, of course, you're welcome to stay on as long as you want to. 
But I just want to let you know it's been an hour, so if you need to go, you can go. But you're more than welcome to stay on and talk some more. Oh, I would love to, ladies, and perhaps we could do it again sometime. But I mentioned earlier, I, like, I did kind of double book myself, which is why we had to start early. But another time, I'd love to join you again. But you're always if they bring me back, then we'll have an opportunity to talk again. That would be great. great. Four. <laughs> Um, It's been a pleasure, ladies. We've had so much fun talking with you. Thanks for coming on, Ty. My pleasure. pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ty. Great fun. Uh, Enjoy your evening. Uh, Happy holidays, whichever you celebrate. You too. I celebrate them all. Oh, good. Uh, There you go. It works. (laughs) (laughs) I I just get them confused sometimes. But I saw as long as there's presence. As long as there's presence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> presence uh, and, and um beer. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> well, well thank you so much, Ty. My pleasure, ladies. We'll talk to you again, Spud. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you. You guys are gonna give me a shout out for my Twitter, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah. Of isn't that isn't that what we're supposed to do on these things? You can reach yeah, right, right. Follow right. everybody. Tell everybody. Follow, follow Ty at Ty Olson. T Y O L S S O N. If you're not following him now, you should be. You can be a Benny Bunny or a Tiger. <laughs> I give a shout out to my Tigers, right? Yeah. They're my, they're, they're my, they're my, they're my uh, awesome fans. I love, I love my Twitter people because if I have a problem on the internet or a technical problem, I just, I just throw it out on Twitter. I'm like, guys. I broke this. I already fixed it. I fixed it up for me. I can't wait for the day where I can say, hey, there's this other actor you took a role from me. Can we fix it Get up? him. <laughs> All right, ladies. I'm getting out of here before we get too so Okay. Bye. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, Ty. Thank you, Ty. Good night. Oh, what a fun guy. Yep. And he's gone. He was so much fun. <laughs> he was a blast. Yeah, he was so much fun. <laughs> he really, really was. Yes, weird, weird Uncle Ty. <laughs> Seriously, I'd like to have him on every week, just you know, just to chat with, because he's just fun. <laughs> I'd like to alternate him, him with Lauren Tom, who was a blast. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yes. And Leanne and Leanne and we have Leanne. We'll just have like and rotating. Yeah. Actually, we've <laughs> never had. We've always extremely lucky as a fan base that we have such amazing actors that whenever they're on a podcast with us, they're all always so much fun. Mhm. And uh, Osric, Osric was great. I mean, we have so mm-hmm. many great guests. Guy B. And then you know, Guy B and Jim, who you know. Mm-hmm. From the from behind the camera, are still are also tons of fun. So. Yeah, we are yeah, we are funny. a very lucky fan base. Very lucky, lucky fan base, lucky lucky podcast. I'm grateful for all our guests, and they are they're they're so wonderful and so full of interesting stories and information and insight on on making the show. You know, when we ask a question and then just kind of sit back and let them talk, and it's great, great, so grateful. Because they don't have to do this, you know. It, but I'm so so glad that they do. <laughs> so glad that they do. So mid-season finale. 
Yes. A, we, we were talking a tiny bit before um, the show started that it's a cliffhanger, but it's a different kind of cliffhanger than we've had. It was it was it was Sam's storyline with um, Amelia, and that's a very and I mean this in a nice way. It's a very mundane kind of cliffhanger, a very regular kind of cliffhanger. It was there was very no very there was. Yeah, I agree. Not so much mundane, but it's for our show. It's pedestrian. It's so normal. Yeah, that's what I it's, was. It's the kind going of yeah, it's the kind of yeah, it's the kind of cliffhanger you expect from a standard serial drama. Mm-hmm. The twist was getting it on this show because we're not used to it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it not not at all, but it made sense because it has been a a simmering thread through all the episodes so far. Amelia has been there. There was a question, and there's and there's still a little bit of a question, not as much as it, as it was, where is Amelia real? And if she's real, is she what we think she is? Um, there's lots of questions about her as a character, and, and as far as we can tell, it's like, Sam's the only one in our universe who's actually seen her. So we're still not quite sure she is what we think she is. I mean, it could be. Sometimes the cigar is just a cigar. And she is exactly but what we've I, seen all season. But I thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, we get the flashbacks right now where she's having to decide between the two men. Mm-hmm. When, we first, when we first see her with Sam, Sam's getting out of her bed, out of mm-hmm. their bed. And now she's fallen right back into her life with Dawn. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see like what what that what filled in those spaces. Was she still deciding between the two of them? Did she just go back to Dawn because she, Dawn was a comfort because she knew that she could and she knew that he loves her? I'm very intrigued about that. Um, I also yeah. like that it's I'm, kind of a it's a it was a parallel scene there towards the end. Where we have, because we've all speculated about the figure that was watching Sam and Amelia from outside the, their house in the first episode, and you kind of get a parallel of that with Sam watching Don and Amelia in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she spotted so, him out the window. Apparently. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I'm kind of. I took her, I took her saying that I thought that was you, Sam, or I knew that was you, or whatever she says. And I took that to mean she saw him from across the room in the bar. I didn't take it to mean that she saw him peeking in the window, but I could be wrong. Well, I thought I she, had, she was so comfortable on the couch with Don and and seemed like set set for the evening that she had seen Sam out the window and and made some. Ex- Use to maybe go to town for more beer or whatever, and then go find. But but we don't know how long he's been sitting there either. Or maybe Don went to sleep and she just left. But mm-hmm. I, that's what I thought. If it's all in the same evening, there's really no need for her to suddenly be at the same bar. I took it as she mm-hmm. kind of either saw him or just that kind of sense you get when someone's watching you. And mm-hmm. it seems you know we get the flashback from Don or from Sam, of him and Don in the same bar, that maybe this was, you know, Sam's spot. This was Sam's hideout. 
Mm-hmm. It's where he went to hang. I would imagine that there's not a whole lot in Kermit, Texas, so that could be part of it also. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and he looked pretty freaked out to see her, too. Like, like crap, I've been caught, you know? Yeah. Like, like yeah. On the other hand, he did stay in town, and he went to one of his old haunts, so, you know... I mean, I'm sure he didn't quite expect it, but the odds were better. I mean, he could have gotten in his car and driven off and found a bar in the next town and, and no chance at all. So he could have been subconsciously or consciously trying to maybe run into her because of whatever. But, and I, I wonder where it's going to go. And also, I'm, I'm a little bit confused about the timeline from when we first see Sam and Amelia in, well, it's not first Sam, but in the first episode, and he's leaving. Is that just one of his trips to the cabin? But shouldn't he have already been gone? Like, like he's packing and leaving. Did he end up staying with her? I'm very, I'm, I'm kind of confused. Like about the timeline. Yeah, the snippets are. are, are talking about, he talked about the first episode of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we saw because him packing it, up and leaving, that was the last time he was with Amelia until now when he saw her at the bar. Yeah, but when when he's packing and leaving, isn't that a different time than when he has gotten out of bed and pats the dog and she sees him leave and lets him go? I mean, we, no, we've talked that's about that. Happens. I'm confused or I don't remember something. So. Oh, the packing scene from this episode? Yeah, I think it is two totally different times, unless maybe... Oh, from this episode versus that episode. Yes, they're two different times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I understood it. But unless maybe he packed and then left later on that night, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, because it seemed like if he, if he packs his bag and he walks out for good, how... <laughs> How did he get back to leaving out of her bed? So they have to be like two different times, but it's see but at least I, I thought when he when he leaves in the first episode that was the, that that was when he left. But now it seems like in this episode it was like he packed his bag and left in the afternoon. So that's what I was so trying to, to figure yeah, out. Yeah, they're he's leaving for different reasons though. So for whatever I guess eventually it'll all come for us. Okay. I'm assuming yeah. Amelia. I'm assuming Amelia picked Sam. That's you know she picked Sam, which is why I'm like okay if she picked Sam because it seems that they were living together again, and now we know that there was that div- that divisive moment. Then now she's back with Dawn, which makes that all mm-hmm. yeah more no. interesting. But yeah, it's two different moments. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah I think. Yeah, she picked Sam. Sam's, you know, and then Sam decided in this episode that she should go. She should stay with Don. But it seemed like to me that maybe, um, you know, he stayed with her because she said that she wanted him to stay. And then later on, he decides that she should be with Don. So that's when he leaves in the premiere that we saw in the premiere episode. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It is very confusing. So, so when he's packing. She actually changes his mind, so he doesn't leave then. Is that what you're saying? He was going to leave, That's but he doesn't. 
That's what okay. I'm, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> okay, because I like so it is a little bit unclear yet. I mean, they haven't explained. Well, everything I figure, because, yeah, I figure either he either she convinced him or he left in that moment. But either way, at some point, he came back. Mm-hmm. Because you know, like I said, clearly she chose Sam, which you know, duh. Yeah. I thought Don. I, no, was I mean, like, I mean, you got a Don's a nice guy and all, and he's a good-looking kid. But hello, Sam Winchester. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you know, well, like you said, they're both pretty messed up, and they kind of messed up, sort of attract each other. And and honestly, not that Don is, you know, hundred percent considering what he's been through. He's probably got plenty of post-traumatic issues and everything. So none of them are really firing on all healthy cylinders. <laughs> so, no. um, yeah, I thought, um, but I also thought Don was so reasonable and such so saintly. I'm like, and it was another reason I thought maybe none of this was real because I'm like, wow, you know, you come back, find your wife, another guy, and yes, you know, of course, she thought you were dead and everything, but my, you were mighty understanding about all this. And, and I think Sam was expecting more of a fight because he's, a little disconcerted to find Don sitting next to him in the bar, and then he has this reasonable conversation, and Don leaves money for a drink, you know, and says, uh, "Hey, he's going to need another one." <laughs> it's like, wow. yeah, but if you if you kind of if you kind of deconstruct that a little bit, it's almost as reasonable as Don sounds. There's almost a cockiness to it because mm. you know he says he says you know you we all have to respect that, and so will you. And mm-hmm. then saying, you know, you know, get him another drink. He needs one. There's a cockiness in that too. He's not mm-hmm. really saying. Yes. He's not really laying down on that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I would, I don't know if we'll ever find out, but I would like to know what happened where she thought he was dead for this, however long she thought he was dead, and he seems perfectly fine. You know, so yeah, I there was. I don't um, know what happened there. Yeah, it's, it is. It is odd. There's, there's still things that are off about all this. I mean, I don't. To me, I mean, uh, again, you know, maybe we'll find out that it is what it is. But it's like a little bit odd. Like you said, he seems just fine because it sounds like, and he says though, you know, I, I, there was. But what did he say? Sometimes I thought I was dead, or I may as well have been dead. So it sounded to me like they thought he was dead. He was declared dead, but they. He was actually being held prisoner, maybe. Yeah, I hope we get a little more like clarification because that's is a it is weird. Mm-hmm. And I like to know how long she thought he how long was he supposed to have been dead? Yeah, how long is it that he's been gone? Mhm. I was curious about that also. Yeah, because Amelia says when she finally tells Sam it was six months. I mean, we're not quite sure where that fits in their relationship, you know. But he'd been dead six months. And how, how when did Sam meet Amelia? Like, say, a month after Dean had been in purgatory? Yeah. Mm, not, or something like early. early. Yeah, like, I don't oh, remember how long it was. I don't remember. Did they say? Is it clear how long Sam was alone before he settled down at this motel and started 
doing odd jobs, and that's how he met Amelia. How long was that? If and, it was you know, mentioned, if it was mentioned, I don't remember it. Yeah, I, I don't recall either. And then we know Don was dead for six months, and it was probably Amelia was living in this motel as well. So it sounds like she was pretty transient at first. So she Don was in there baby. for three months. She said, she's been living in the hotel for three months. Hmm. All right. I'm muting the phone for a minute because there's a cat outside throwing a fit and Lily's starting to bark. So if if I hear, if you go, if you hear me go quiet, it's because I'm muting it. So Lily, because Lily's barking. Okay. It's okay if if Ty can eat Chinese food. <laughs> we can hear we can hear Lily bark. <laughs> and I can't hear a thing. <laughs> I um. want to give a big shout out to Kathleen Monroe who played Elizabeth. I, I was talking to Vinny about her earlier this week. I love that actress. She was in um, Kids Are All Right in season three, and she's been in one of my favorite shows, Haven, and I just think that actress is great, and it was great seeing her back on Supernatural. Mm. Well, I was, um, when she first, when they first panned to her in the scene, I was like, she looks familiar, and then later on I was um, messaging with Erin, Weinstein Life, and she told me, she said, do you remember her? And I was like, oh my God, I knew she looked familiar, thank you. So... Yes, it's. I'm the kind of person that that they are. I do get fooled because I have such a bad memory about things. I'm like that person looks kind of familiar. I wonder what they were in. Same show, but um. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I yeah, that kind of that works. Out, that works out really good on me. Mm-hmm. hand, no. <laughs> Her character in um, Kids Are All Right is one that always, I, my heart just broke for her because she's the one character in all of Supernatural episodes that had this huge Supernatural event going on in her life, and she never met Sam and Dean. She never got mm-hmm. a resol- you know, she never got told what was going on. She never got help, basically, with it. She, all she knew was, you know, she tried to kill her daughter, and her daughter came back, and her daughter was evil and, you know, and all this stuff, and she was going through all this by herself, and her character always just broke my heart. And it's one of the things I've always found really fascinating about Supernatural is that, it, you know, Sam and Dean, they swoop in, they fix the problem, and they swoop out, and then these people have to go back to their lives. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. The fact that she didn't even get any version of closure, yeah, that was a poor character. Um, I really, I really liked her as Benny's granddaughter. It worked. Yeah, really, she was really, really good as Elizabeth. There were. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the from the very beginning. Her southern accent was really good. I thought. Yeah, I was gonna say the scene in the beginning when you when we first get her, her accent is really good, and I like the dynamic that her and Benny Roy 
have mm. as far as, you know, the closing up and the finishing of sentences and all that, I like that. I thought that mm-hmm. was really well done and I think it was done in a way that it wasn't it was very familial and familiar without being flirty, which was very important considering, you know, we find mm-hmm. out that they're related. So I thought that was really well done. Um, and I like I like them being protective over over with Dean when Dean kind of you know, was you could tell he was worried that Dean had maybe had flirted with her or something. Uh-huh. I like mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> well, um in the in the beginning with um the guy in the diner and he tells him, Yeah, go for it because he knows Elizabeth's gonna be like, uh, no. But with <laughs> Dean, you know, you 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 get the sense that Benny has an idea that he has got some game, and so he was like, wait a minute, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you guys think about um, about the return of Martin Creaser? I, it upset me because I liked Martin a lot in his previous mm-hmm. episode and Sam Interrupted. I really liked him. I felt sorry for him in that episode, and I liked him. And this episode, he was just, I know he, he was still crazy. No, You know, they let him out of the hospital too early. And mm-hmm. he was just mean. I don't know if it's because of the craziness, but he was different than he was in Sam Interrupted. And I did not like him mm-hmm. in this episode. No, and I thought, and again, as a as a very unapologetic Sam girl, I say this, but I think it was really irresponsible of Sam to have Martin Creaser track Benny for a lot of mm. reasons. I, I think it was just, you know, it was irresponsible knowing that Martin isn't, doesn't have his, all his faculties and then, you know, basically endangering Martin from Sam's point of view. You know, Dean sees mm-hmm. it as, you know, you know, what about my friend Benny? But it, it was a huge endangerment to, mm-hmm. to Martin I thought that was really irresponsible, and I wasn't. I can't believe he just left him. I mean, I understand he's got a thing for Amelia, but he left Martin. (laughs) Yes, yes. That's the one thing that Sam did that really, really bothered me. That's why I'm laughing because it bothered you so much. Yeah. it's, it's ran off and left him. It's like, you know, geez, just tell the guy, hey, I got to go. Can I drop you off somewhere or something, you know? And he took his car. He, not only did he just leave Martin, he took Martin's car with him. Yeah, and it's crazy. And I unlike Sam. can do that. I mean, that's the number two thing that bothered me about this episode. The first thing that bothered me about this episode was they had John Fogarty music at the beginning. If anybody knows me, I read it Clearwater. I, I heard that in thought of you. I went, I'm back, he's happy. Oh, <laughs> so much. So the, the episode started off with Creedence Clearwater Revival music, which I hate. <laughs> and then Sam goes and does that to Martin. I was really pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 I was like, I can't believe Sam, Sam left Martin all alone. Um, well, and it's not quite right. He's up against a minimum of one vampire, and it could have been a whole mess. And he leaves him in the middle of nowhere with 
I think he might have had one one knife or something and takes his car and doesn't even call like anybody to say I've I've abandoned Martin, somebody needs to go get him. It's like nothing. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. And then going back to where I say he's be, he was irresponsible, he's irresponsible again with that and then has the nerve to be indignant with Dean later when he's speaking to him about the fact that Martin didn't didn't make it through this case. You abandoned yeah, him. Did you really expect him to live at any point? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, and it's surprising. Sam should be surprised he didn't die after I should be he should be surprised that he didn't survive long enough to to face down Benny. Yeah, because it's it's as, as far as as far as Martin and Sam are concerned, either Benny was working on his own or working with Desmond. So mm-hmm. they were hunting Benny, and Sam just left him to hunt Benny on his own. Yeah, knowing that knowing that Benny is Benny survived purgatory, so yeah. the odds of Martin surviving Benny pretty much non-existent. Not good. And another thing. Sam, of course, is shocked when Martin clocks um, Dean, but then he agrees to leaving Dean there handcuffed to the radio. I'm sure he knows that Dean can get himself free. But yeah, because he didn't know. even bother to take the, the keys to the Impala with him or anything. He left them there for Dean. Yeah, but still, I was like, really? <laughs> you know? Really? <laughs> okay, and, I, and he wasn't happy about it because he really wasn't. Um yeah. And then to turn it around, Dean pissed me off by sending that text to begin with. You know, that was a a pretty dark Uh, move. I thought I was going to be more upset about that, but I think I was so relieved that it wasn't Amelia Mm -hmm. that I I didn't register being upset with, with Dean because when the text first goes through, I really thought it was from Amelia. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, God, she's that chick, you know, that drop everything and come running to me because I need help. I'm like, oh, and of course Sam's girlfriend's in trouble. What's got her now? So I was so relieved that it wasn't that, that I didn't Maybe even... this is... Go ahead. Hmm? Oh, is that? No, I, I was going to say it's funny. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought it's funny because we had, like, all different like reactions to that because my reaction was when he got there and he found Amelia okay I thought it wasn't really Amelia who had sent the text that Sam's brain had like was something was not quite right and he actually got the text but it wasn't really from her and I thought that at first too you know and I was actually disappointed (laughs) I was disappointed that's before before the reveal, yeah, before the reveal of it being Dean, I thought the same thing, and then my mm-hmm. brain started doing all the same stuff we were doing last week about, well, you know, Sam's perception of all this, and then oh, oh, it's Dean. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I just, and, and Sam when, thinks when, that Dean is, knew Amelia was okay. Like, well, how would he know that? Well, he'd have to have contact with her, so he thinks Dean had yeah. contact with Amelia. Well, no, and I like that Sam says she was okay, but of course you knew that. And Dean says, well, actually, no, I didn't. Mm. Well, how would he know unless he'd been watching her or had somebody watching and he her? Can't. So. Exactly. So I like the idea of Sam putting Martin to watch Benny. Therefore, that pathology, he assumes that Dean's watching Amelia. 
but Dean isn't. Mm. Dean just didn't. Dean just used it as a get out of jail free. To if he needs Sam out of the picture, he knew that would work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it says a lot about it says a lot about like us where we were all going. You really Sam? You just left Martin? And Dean knew that Sam would just leave Martin. He knew that he no matter what, if he ever had to have that contingency plan where he used that. Well, maybe maybe Dean didn't think he would just leave him. Maybe he thought Dean would at least give him a ride to somewhere as he was going to see Amelia. I mean, come on. Well, the witnesses aren't always the most uh, chivalrous. <laughs> so they, they, they do get a little. They do. They do suffer from extreme tunnel vision. So I. I didn't like that Sam did it, but I was no in no way surprised. I didn't find it out of character mm. at all. I just didn't like it. Um, but I didn't find it to be out of character. No, it wasn't out of character at all because that's the kind of guy Sam is. It just bugs me. It's like, oh, my God, think of somebody else, you know. Mm. No. Mm-mm. And then just <laughs> we, if we didn't know before, we know now he is not over her. No, no, most definitely not. When he sees her at the end of the episode, that's the look on his face, how shocked he is and panicking. He's panicking, and I've never seen Sam panicking in all of the eight years as he was right then when he saw Amelia. Mm. It was quite a quite a. And I, I wonder if it's just if it's just the the shock of seeing her of whoa of her <laughs> the shock of seeing her or the shock of getting caught you know mm. being back there right yeah right. Um, but again if he really like, didn't you, want to be caught he would have gotten back in his car and driven to exactly have that beard so. Don't go to your don't go to your own watering hole and plop yourself down and have a have a have a shot. That's just no. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if somebody to, in the bar called Amelia and said, "By the way, so. she's in town." I don't think so. Because I doubt she, she's running around. I doubt she's running around town going, "You know, my boyfriend just left me in the middle of the night, so I'm back with my husband." I don't think she's doing <laughs> that. So. <laughs> uh, well, if it's that small like, a town, she doesn't have to. Everybody would already know. <laughs> well, also true. Um, well, I, one of those, you know, and they only know her as that. And with Sam, they don't. They might not know about her past with Don. That's mm-hmm. also yeah, because that's not her. That's not where she's from. Right. There was a line that really bothered me, and. Um, it was just one of those lines that, you know, you say as a normal person, but for Sam Winchester to say it really bothered me. But when oh, I know says, what you're going to say, and it bothered me too. <laughs> when they're sitting on the porch and Sam says, and about, you know, not wanting to let Amelia go, and says, maybe I'm going to hell for saying this. Really? Yeah. Whenever one, you've been to hell. <laughs> Your brother's been to hell. <laughs> And you're worried about not wanting to give your girlfriend back to her husband? My yeah. you know? Really? Oh, it bothered that's me a, so bad. That's the strangest line I've, I've it was heard. So, and, and so glib. And I don't know if it was just something that wasn't thought about in the writing and editing process or if it was intentional to show us that Sam 
doesn't think the same way that he used to think. But yeah, I had a I, I had a real knee jerk moment about that. Yeah, I I did too, and I I wondered, and you could you could put it off to maybe like a first time supernatural writer, but Daniel Laughlin has been writing for Supernatural for years, and he's very aware of history. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was like. I don't know if there's a reason or it was just something that, like I say, mm -hmm. in the writing and editing process just got overlooked because it is something that, you know, as a person you say that without, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not a reality. But for Mm -hmm. them, it is a reality, and you've gone to hell for like real real things, like yeah, for, for real shit. And and it was a huge storyline. It wasn't just a one off episode, and it was a huge storyline for Dean. And in fact, when Dean makes the comment because he's watching his mother in the past, and he's like, "Mom was hot," and then he goes, "Oh, I'm going to hell again." At least, yeah, it I made have... sense there. But this one was just so glib, and I was like, mm, mm-mm. And is it, is it me, or even Jared's reading of the line was a little bit odd? Like, even he knew it was strange, and he would know, so I wonder why. I would have to go back and watch for his reaction, because I was really overly concerned with my own. <laughs> so I would, have, I would have to go back to how he, <laughs> how the line came out of him, because I was too focused on how I felt about it. Yeah, well, I wonder if it's, if you're if you're meant to kind of catch it, and and it's going to be something later on, because otherwise it's a, it's very strange, very strange. Mm-hmm. That is very very bizarre. So yeah, that was um, some really great shots in this episode. Becky and I were talking about it the other day. Um, at the end, when Dean pulls up to Elizabeth sitting on the porch and you get the Impala headlights. Mm. Gorgeous shot. Um, I really like the shot of Martin um, eating the pie, the cherry pie when he's on the phone. Mm. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal shots. This, the scene with Elizabeth sitting on the porch and the Impala driving up and it's shot through the screen door, the way, the way mm-hmm. you know, she's framed in that screen door in the Impala. It's just mm-hmm. beautiful. It's just I think that's got to be one of, the, one of the best shots in the show. Mm-hmm. I agree. In my, and, from my opinion, um, one they, of the best they shots. Keep it, I love how they keep it at that level so when Dean walks through, you know, we're only seeing him, you know, like from the waist down and it's mm-hmm. just it's walked past her and it's just really, really great. Nick Coffin yeah. yep. was the director. Yeah. yeah. He's mm-hmm. like yeah. big on directing action stuff because he's directed a bunch of Nikita and Alphas. Nikita, Alphas. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was terrific. So yeah, shout out to the director Nick Copus. And and what did you think of uh, Daniel Laughlin's first solo effort? Because last week we had Andrew Stab's first solo effort, which was terrific. I I think it's a trip. I thought it was really great. Yeah, except for that one, what I consider to be a, a wonky line. I thought the the script was really really good. Mm-hmm. Um. I really, oddly enough, I really enjoyed Dean's interaction with Elizabeth and, and well, his first interaction with her, where he's trying mm-hmm. to find the information out about Benny, and the way that that unfolded 
was really mm-hmm. nice, and the way that he the way that he hit on her, I really liked it because we're mm-hmm. used to Dean being so like overt. Mm-hmm. When he does um, hit on a woman, that I I like the subtlety of this approach. That it was it was a lot more suave rather than mm-hmm. you know, I know I'm good looking, you know you'll come home with me. Come on, <laughs> it was it was more suave, and I mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. And she did too. She was like, "Oh, yeah, you know, looking forward to it." She uh, she liked it too. So, it's like, and as a as aggravating as Martin's um, lines were, like his interpretations of things, again, really well written though. Mm-hmm. I really and I liked the scene in the hallway. The scene in the hallway where he's telling Sam, you know, if your mm-hmm. daddy had was alive to see this. Mm-hmm. Well written, well acted, well well shot, well directed. The whole. I thought a really it. telling moment for Martin's like state of mind uh, and mental state is when he was jabbing the ice tray to get the ice out to put in his drink. With a fork. Yeah. Well, it's, jabbing it's, the ice it was, with a fork. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. And just hacking at it like violently, you know, and and it just shows how how on edge he is, and how unstable, sort of, you know, it's a very extreme thing thing to do. Yeah, um, that was John Grease. Yeah, yeah, another shout out because he was terrific. As mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of directing. There was a couple other scenes. There was a couple scenes where it was just like on Dean's face, Jensen's face, and it was the way it was lit. I mean, sometimes it was very serious, like a profile when he was driving. This was gorgeous, like a close-up. And then there was another time where he's, like, talking really earnestly and his eyes are big and you see they're just so green, you know, which is really nice nice shot and then there was the scene where um martin is talking to benny on the phone and he realizes that um, benny realizes that he's got elizabeth's phone and he just stops the truck and it's that overhead shot in the dark and then you just you don't hear him you don't know what he says all you see is the brake lights come on as he stops and you you know what you're like "Uh uh-oh and and i i don't know i just like the way that particular moment was, was shot too and you mentioned um, the close-ups on Jensen's face. We have a joke in my house. Um, if you go and you look at, especially the seasons, because, you know, we've all noticed that the lighting has changed throughout the seasons. So if you mm-hmm. look at the past three seasons, the way they've adjusted the lighting and it'll hit Jensen's cheekbone, I have this big thing about the way it highlights. And being that, like, I'm really into makeup, I'm always trying to find, like, a highlight that makes that highlight. And it's a big joke in my household. Um, <laughs> but this is the first episode that I really noticed that not only was Jensen's cheapo very well lit and highlighted and shot, but so was Jared's and so was Ty's. And I was like, yes, finally, more cheekbone. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, um, have, we have a big joke in my house about uh, Jensen's highlighted cheekbone. <laughs> I, I just kind of blows. It. It's like looking into the sun, as they say. I'm just trying to figure it. out like where I get that product. Like that's it can't be natural. <laughs> it can't be natural. Where what product is that, and where do I buy it? <laughs> I had ne- I never noticed Jensen's highlighted cheekbones before at all until you 
first mentioned it to me a while back. And I was like, oh, okay, now I see it. That's all I see now. <laughs> because yeah. well, because of because of where I work, I constantly have people coming in for like highlight and contour, and I'm like, if only I could do that, it would make everyone's day. <laughs> Be like, hold on, I have the perfect highlight for you. Don't move. But I don't know what it is. I don't know. Is it cream? Is it powder? Is it what? Tell me. Do I need a do I need a lighting crew to walk around with me? Let me know. Well, there's a question for Jensen the next time you see him. <laughs> oh dear Lord, no. Really like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What? <laughs> I know he'd be like, Please. what the hell? I need, I need you to find out for me, Jensen. Come on. <laughs> Hi. Um, another line that I just love the reading of, and I, I darn, I wish I'd mentioned it to, to Ty, but maybe next time. So it'll be a while. Um, and he says, I, you know, I know it's hard to believe, but I wasn't always this cute and cuddly. <laughs> uh, I cracked it up. <laughs> yeah, again, that was a really good line also. I just liked it, the way he said it. And, and uh, boy, it was nice to hear some of that season on the podcast at the very beginning. Cool. Didn't even have to ask. <laughs> yeah, it was very cool hearing the, hearing the Southern accent. But, oh, my God, that story he told about the audition thing. <gasps> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> that, was, that was just so twisted and, and dark and I wonder if it was Ben Edlin because you know he yeah, killed the dog in that, in that one episode with um, I can't remember the name of it but it was the little dog and he had the, the cone of shame around him the poor little thing and oh, then they, yes. he needed him for the sacrifice and they took him off yeah right Ben Edlin wrote that one right and Ben Edlin wrote it, so I'm I'm wondering if he did that that monologue as well. And 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 when Ty so you'll never see it in the show. And I'm like, I'm, good Lord, I hope not. Holy yeah, holy I think I don't want to see that on the show. <laughs> that was really creepy, and you know, oof. and that's and then the punchline about I was six. You know, how old were you when oh. I was six? Like, wow. I want to know. Okay, you know, we see Elizabeth there at the end, she's covered in blood. Was that all cast off from, you know, from where um, Beth was killing her hair? Uh, yeah, it's all over. Did she try? Did she try and save, you know, Martin afterwards? You know, because she's covered in blood. Yeah, because at first, when she first called Dean, I thought, oh, did she turn on Martin? So up until we see Martin's body, I was like, oh, okay, no. Then why why are you so – because the blood's on her hands, too. It's not just, like, it's not uh-huh. just spray. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe she did that whole, like, panic run to the body kind of thing, or I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Did she kill uh, Martin? It'd be interesting. Well, because, yeah, he's been through the net. And technically, you know, Benny can't drink Martin's blood. But if she killed Martin and Benny drank from him before he died, died, then that could kind of explain, I don't know, maybe the the family that kills together. I don't know. Yeah, I, (laughs) yeah, we saw. 
earlier in the episode when Dean was bleeding from the neck, you know, it it we saw, you know, it was affecting Benny. And yeah. so now, now that he's he had seemed to have... blood, does that mean he's going to be out, you know, killing people again now and drinking blood that way instead of mm-hmm. through the blood back? Because it seemed that he, it was easier for him to control his bloodlust with Elizabeth. It seemed like with Dean, with Dean, it took a little more effort. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm wondering you know, most now, most of the most of the world is in his family. I'm wondering that if now was by, ignited in him. I'm wondering if by killing Martin and everything, that's awoken his bloodlust, and now he's going to be out mm-hmm. killing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that he's over the line, is he going to stay there? Um, and I'm going to say something that it's touchy and it's controversial, and if you disagree with me, either you two or the listeners, it's okay to disagree with me, um, but I love the conflict. I love when Sam and Dean have issues with each other. I love it. Um because I think that I think it makes for good television, but I know that not everybody feels that way. So I respect that not everybody feels that way. But um, what did you guys think? I I have no problem with the conflict. I you know whatever the writers want, whatever the story the writers want to tell, I'm all for it. I don't want. The story. I don't want the writers to cow-cow to fans. I want mm-hmm. them to tell their story. I don't want them to do, you know, fan service. So if this is what the writers want to tell, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Well, i i don't I don't mind conflict because if Sam and Dean don't have some kind of conflict, and nobody gets along all the time anyway, not in real life or whatever, it it does make for very very boring television, but we have seen some version of brotherly conflict for years now, and I'm tired of it. Um, I, I miss the early days, and it's, it's funny, because in the early days, I know they didn't always get along then either, but I just felt the brotherly love then despite all their conflict, and these days, I, I don't sometimes, so I, I miss that, and you know, it's like it's just been brother against brother for so much or so different or Sam Solis or, you know, Dean's in purgatory and blah, blah, blah. I just, I just, I don't know. I take it as, a, I, I see what you mean. I take it as one of those things, um, I don't have siblings, but um, it is that thing where, you know, when you have someone who you feel unconditionally loves you, um, or even when you're in any kind of, like, really intense relationship, you're always the ugliest to the person that you know you can be the ugliest to. Mm-hmm. You um, only hurt the ones you love. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, I was um, I was talking with someone on Twitter the other night, and, um, you know, they were on the opposite end of this for me, you know, um, what she had said was, did I like, did I agree with the idea that Dean prefers Benny to Sam? Which, 
I don't think Dean necessarily prefers being the Sam right now. I think Dean's so screwed up, Sam's so screwed up, that at this point, Dean feels so betrayed that he feels like he can trust Benny over everybody else. But Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. the fact that he's throwing that in Sam's face shows that he still he still feels that unconditional love and trust for Sam, mm-hmm. and he and he trusts he trusts Sam enough that he can say that to Sam. Yeah. So, so if he didn't really really, really love telling Sam, yeah, if he didn't really, it's like it's like nobody nobody can hurt you like like someone you love so much, you know, exactly. truly, because then it doesn't bother you. If somebody, some stranger, or some casual friend said that stuff to Dean, you'd be like, ugh, whatever. But because it's Sam, and and same thing, you know, because it's Dean doing and saying that. That's why it hurts Sam so much. So, so you know, it's it's like both of them. You know, they're fine ones to talk about keeping secrets because they've both done that. And you know, hello Sam and Ruby. You know, he's had his version of Benny. Her, her name was Ruby. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they kind of conveniently forget that sometimes. And there's no way on earth Dean prefers. Benny to Sam. If it came down to it, if you he if you know Benny and Sam both lives were at stake and he had to choose, he would of course choose Sam. And mm-hmm. it's just at this moment he's upset with Sam. That's you know, of course he's going to throw all that hurt. in his face, but he's, he's mad at just, it. Yeah, he's mad. He's, he's he's mad and he's hurt because when I when I get when I get mad. When I get mad at my husband, you know, I I say things to him that's going to hurt him because I'm mad at him. That's just mm-hmm. because you know how to hurt him. Exactly, mm-hmm. and I love him, you know, more than anybody. And mm-hmm. so that's just the way people are. Yeah. Although I, one of the things that I enjoy is that I can interpret it that way. The person I was tweeting with can interpret it that way. A different, everyone can have a different interpretation depending on where your alliances lie, you know, mm-hmm. with any character, whether it be Sam, Dean, Sam and Dean, however your alliances lie. But mm. I, I do like that. Um, yeah. And Dean still heard that. He thinks Sam didn't look for him, you know, and, and well, we Sam don't have to for him. him. Yeah, well, and well, I'm so heard about it, discussed. and I don't blame him. <laughs> and as you discussed, I don't need. I'm one of those people because there's some of us out there that I don't need mm-hmm. a reason for Sam to not have looked for Dean. I don't need like this huge concrete reason. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's just saying I didn't, and I just didn't for you know I didn't is enough mm-hmm. for me because. Sometimes we do things that we're just like, yeah, I just, I, I have no real reason that you're going to like for what I did, but I did it, mm-hmm. or I yeah. didn't do well, it. I think Sam finally just hit the wall. <laughs> like he said, I lost I, I, I ran, and I, I don't I like agree. it, but I accept it, and I don't like it, and I, 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 I have to accept it. I say I don't like it, but I, I, but I, but again, I go back to Jim Michael saying, um, well. Sam had been going back to the cabin, you know, more than once. Maybe it was just to feel close to him sometimes or just to get away. I don't know, but I, I, I'm I, more comfortable with it the more I hear from Sam saying things like, I was so messed up and you saved me, you know. I think I think a lot of people were just afraid that Sam was like, 
yes, I'm finally free of being, you know, I can go do what I want <laughs> exactly. and be what I want, you know, and it's and obviously we're getting, we're, now we're knowing that it wasn't like and that. And I, I think that's where Dean's anger and resentment come from because I think that's Dean's interpretation of what happened, where mm-hmm. I think Dean feels like, oh, so what? I was finally gone mm-hmm. and you thought, yes. Yeah. Um, we know that's not true. And he hasn't really said, any, or said anything to change Dean's mind. Nope. Nope. Um, Another thing I liked about this episode is Dean tells Sam that he doesn't. uh, If he goes after Benny, he doesn't know what he's getting into. And Dean tells Benny, if Sam comes after him, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Right. I like that Mm -hmm. he warns them both about each other. Mm Mhm. And you know, showing. I thought that was really good writing to show the audience that Dean finds them both equally formidable and for them to be getting a conflict with each other would really you know Dean doesn't know how that would end you know Mm -hmm. they're always so confident that they're going to come out on top when it comes to you know your average vamp but with Benny Dean doesn't have that confidence so I thought that was I thought that was well woven in I also yes. like when Benny tells uh, Dean that he's lost a step. That, I'm sorry, what? When um, when Dean when Benny um, kills Desmond, mm-hmm. and he tells Dean, "You've lost a step." Yeah, um, <laughs> I really like I really like that too because you know Dean's going on and on about how pure it was killing in purgatory and the purity of it and the da 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 da. But, you know, he's back and he should be able to easily take out a topside ramp and he almost got mm-hmm. himself drained. Yeah. And I like him saying to Benny, well, it took you so long, <laughs> you know. Yeah. We've only got a, a couple minutes left in the podcast. I wanted to um, make sure everybody's still voting for the People's Choice Awards. Um Yep. No limit voting. You can vote thousands of times a day. The last day for voting is December 13th at midnight that night, probably Pacific time, but I'm not sure. So I think it's Pacific time, and that'll be Thursday. And so keep voting for Supernatural in for best sci-fi show, Supernatural fans for um, favorite TV following, and Jared or Jensen for best dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. Or Jared and Jensen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I hope uh, that somehow they the two of them don't get canceled out in in Summerhall. Well, no offense. To it Ian, can't. But, uh, it, it can't cancel. It can't cancel out. You know what I mean? It's like it's like split. Yeah. Even if. Yeah. Even if like even if everybody voted the same, which is not going to happen. But if it was an equal amount of votes. If both of those votes are over Ian, Paul, or Nathan, it would just be a tie. Um, but I don't think there. I don't think there's a. I don't think if somebody else wins, it'll be due to any kind of balance discrepancy within um, mm-hmm. Jared and Jensen's votes. Because, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just it, want it, one of them to win. I I just want one of them to win. I want the show to win. I want us to win as a supernatural family. I want all of it. <laughs> yes. And, and and I want Jensen and Jared to 
on the show, to actually go on the show to accept all any and all of the awards because that would that would be nice. They need you know they need to be made up to after last time after winning all those things and not even being. There's just, um, just a few seconds. Just a few seconds left in the podcast. I want to say thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Ty mm-hmm. for coming on. And mm-hmm. it was just a, so thank you. Yep. Thanks everybody. This is our last podcast of 2012. We will see you after uh, after the new year. January the next episode is the newest episode. Next year is January 16th is the first new episode. And happy holidays, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. Yep. Thanks so much. <laughs>